Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Happy to have you along with me. Yes, I'm the study one. And later in this episode, I have a special guest for the 76 questions. He's a young gentleman who's been a wrestling fan since 2016. And his name is Cam Cunningham. And I can't wait for you guys to hear him. So let's go to the control center and catch you up on the week in wrestling news. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Our first news story comes from LastWordOnSports.com as they were among the many who were expressing their condolences and sending their well wishes to the family of Brian Dixon. Brian Dixon was a legendary British wrestling promoter who founded All-Star Wrestling back in 1970 and he's been credited to basically be the genesis of modern British wrestling. We saw Brian Dixon at the Double or Nothing Media Scrum talk about the influence Brian Dixon had on his career and how Brian Dixon went over in the early 2000s to Dixon's promotion and he would wrestle for Dixon for like 50 pounds a night. And we've seen several stories about this, like Wade Barrett told about Brian Dixon being one of the first people to harm him and to give him a chance at professional wrestling. Zyla Brookside also tweeted out a big thank you for Brian Dixon for, for letting her come back after the closure of NXT UK. We just want to express our condolences to the family of Brian Dixon and say a thank you for his involvement in professional wrestling. No easy way to transition from there. On to our second news story, and it comes from WrestleZone.com as they are reporting that Mickey James has been named the recipient of the Cauliflower Alley Women's Wrestling Award. We want to express our congratulations to Mickey James on this amazing award for her stellar wrestling career, which if you could believe has lasted over 20 plus years. She is a six-time WWE Women's Champion and a five-time TNA slash Impact Wrestling Champion. The award will be given to her at the 57th annual Cauliflower Alley Club reunion in Las Vegas coming up this August 28th through the 30th. Among other professional wrestlers honored at this reunion will be CM Punk, Coco Beware, and Joe Malenko. Speaking of CM Punk, if you haven't been ready for Rock, this past Wednesday on AEW Dynamite, Tony Khan came on to the show and announced that CM Punk is confirmed for the debut a Collision live from Chicago, Illinois on June 17th. Later on in the show, me and Cam will give our thoughts about the return of CM Punk during the 76 questions. This has been your Control Center for June 3rd, 2023 here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a special guest for my study six questions this week. Yes, introduce yourself to our wonderful listeners. My name is Kim, and I, I got into wrestling in 2016. And the first um, show I watched was back now, Little D and AJ Styles. Well, I'm a big AJ Styles fan. I'm happy that you're an AJ Styles fan. I feel like we're going to connect so well here during these questions. And I'm going to start off with my first study question for you, Kim. Who do you want to see Seth Rollins face after Damian Priest for this new World Heavyweight title? Because we found out last night on SmackDown, the first challenger for this title is going to be Damian Priest this Monday night on Raw. I feel that's be fair. It's in like, oh, that's going to be a great match. I feel like we're going to run through the Judgment Day here. And I got a sneaky feeling that maybe the final boss for Sephiroth in the Judgment Line storyline would be Dominic Mysterio. And Cam, I can't believe I'm saying this. I might want to see Dominic versus Seth at SummerSlam. But it's Dominic. He's not like. 
that guy. He's not top tier. Yeah, but I feel like he's the biggest heel they got on Raw right now. If you listen to like the crowd reaction, I feel like that would be where the WWE would go. And I still think Seth beating him would be the direction I would go personally. And I feel like Seth is going to have this title for a while. Well, I feel like that Dominic is already do. If I'm not, never going to win a championship, they probably never made a nice day championship or I should change not the world championship. Like years, years. But also, the people that I feel like should go against Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, maybe Edge, and Cody Rhodes, and well, and David Priest. That's the only thing I see Ashley maybe on maybe winning or Peter Seth. And also got that rumor of Brock Lesnar there because it's a Raw title. And after Brock gets done with Cody, maybe they'll have the Seth versus Brock match. We saw that before in 2019. Yeah, like, on the play for the Game of Championship. I don't want to see that again. I know, Kim, but it's the WWE. But I do love the fact that you want to see Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. I just want to see a series of matches between those guys. I feel like they would tear the freaking house down. Probably would. Okay, so my second, second question for you. Are you excited to see this feud between Kevin Owens, Sami versus Imperium for the uh, undisputed tag team titles. Yes, because it's different. Not a bloodline anymore. The only point of storyline started because they means they don't bloodline. And they kept, and then Kevin Owens tried to tell that they're using it. And they finally figured out they were using it. They beat the bloodline and won the championship. So I'm kind of glad that went over and showed a new start. Imperium, well, Gunter basically the only guy that got a championship. Imperium, the rest of the guys that get a championship, that means all higher championship. And beyond this, like, Dungeon guy did nothing. Anyway, I just sit there and help them. Exactly. And I feel like, like you, I'm so ready for a new feud with for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens because they've been trapped in this vortex of the bloodline for like the last nine months. So it's just nice to see them two face off against somebody else. Okay, so we're moving on to our third standing question. Now, back on Tuesday night, we saw Carmelo Hayes successfully defend his NXT title against Noam Dar. But at the end of the match, Baron Corman came out and attacked him. What do you think about Baron Corman making a sidetrack to NXT for a bit? Well, well what's he going to do with him? Like, he, he needs a job for now. Back then, Raw, so it's in NXT. And think about it. A lot of people that was... Supposed to be a star, actually, and Paul Cruz, Ben Corbin. No, stop about Lee on there. I don't know why he's down there. Like, he just, just competed for the IC Championship, but he probably did a Finn Balor thing. Because Finn Balor was an NXT. He won an Championship. It came back better. So it'll happen with Baron Corbin. Maybe he won an Championship, come back better or something. Who knows? Well, I got a feeling, Cam, that Baron coming down might be a good thing for Carmelo Hayes because it gives him somebody to feud during the summer with. And Baron Corbin losing doesn't really hurt Baron Corbin because he can get over with a crowd and get a crowd to hate him no matter what. What I'm more interested in is seeing Ali down there because I feel like Ali could be a major player in NXT. I know he hasn't had the best run on the SmackDown or Raw, but NXT, I feel like, may be a new lease on life for him. I feel Mustafa Ali could really grow and see probably maybe win a North American Championship. I don't know his character down there. I don't need to see face, but it's probably like next week but if he's a heel again the last of the heel it go that well maybe this time i'm waiting to see him face off against wesley because we saw him make the save for west this past week and i'm wondering if they're gonna keep him sort of a baby face or is he gonna be that heel that turns on west because the storyline right now is him and wesley and tyler blates are friends but they don't trust each other because west feels like tyler just wants to get a title shot so we'll have to wait on that but ali and nst i feel like he could do something center and Ali versus Carmel Hayes could be one hell of a match. I believe I will see Ali with Brown Breaker. Brown Breaker, he got a lot of talent. 
That'd be a good match. And another one was the Casey Allen versus Barry Corbin. Maybe that could be a good match. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that one. Let's move on to my fourth stunning question for you. Do you want to see another Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar match? Now, I got a feeling we're going to the third and final one. It's going to be at SummerSlam. And Cody literally set this match up on last week's episode of Money at Raw. To be honest, the first time it happened was personal. The second time was kind of personal. But, like, I feel like it should end in hell of a cell. I'll do, like, we're going to do after this. Like, Cody wins, and what happens? He wins. Like, we'll do with Cody. And Seth Rollins probably against Damon Priest, obviously. Brock Lesnar probably just go like SmackDown and Raw back and forth, attack people. So we're gonna do. So I was like, what the whole point? Like, what are we gonna do after the suit ends? Like Cody wrote because Seth Rollins obviously probably they go with other people. And Cody is basically injured. And Brock Lesnar, no one see Brock Lesnar against Cody like, over over again. And like it's a good, yeah, it's a good match. I mean, it's really great matches, but like I feel like now I got interested and maybe I don't know. They get like so like Cody will start faction or something maybe, and then and Brock Lesnar so like a little group also, and then them versus Brock Lesnar group and Cody group, so like that. That could be one way to go. Now, what turned me off to the last match was the fact that the WWE felt like they needed to add something to the story, and they gave this fate armor entry to Cody to give him a reason to lose this match to Brock, where I feel like anybody you find Brock Lesnar, you don't really have to give him any kind of excuse for losing, because it's Brock Lesnar. If you look at Brock Lesnar, he should win about 95% of all his fights. Basically, yeah. People every match. Sometimes you lose, sometimes. It's kind of rare if you lose. Like, Wolverine beat him. John Cena beat him, but it's kind of rare. But Brock Lesnar, uh, he really one of the, one of the best, one of the best. I was in the one of the great, one of the best heels that of um, the generation because he really basically won. He always had a one WWE champion right? somehow, some way. He, he took a whole year break, and then, and then a year later he gets WWE champion. So yeah, I just love the fact that Brock comes in and he's always Brock. There's not much. Added to his character, he's just this destroyer of worlds. He's kind of like Thanos. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like since since Paul Heyman left, he actually grew a lot. The Brock never talked. Paul Heyman here, he never talked. He just straight up let Paul talk all the time, and he never did anything. But now he's the old person, and he talks for himself. I mean, I am being more personal. Exactly, Cam. I do like the fact that Brock is cutting his own promos, and I kind of like this crazy psychotic character he has right now. Especially when we saw the last time he did any kind of speaking, it was basically Cody. Look at my face. Look how he did my face and he's just like this scary like piss off brought lesnar i was like kind of like going yeah i'm ready to see this fight and i was wishing they would leave it at those two matches but i know we're gonna get a third so we'll just have to wait to see what they do for a finale to this trio of matches well i would say and drop on that championship i'm surprised all right really well all right oh no a couple of weeks ago a couple of weeks from now a couple months ago now, Rob Lesnar probably do throw Seth Rollins up there come champion. Really don't know. Exactly. I didn't see that Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar match down the road for us. We'll just have to see when we get it. I'm going to move on to our fifth sending question. And if you watched last night's episode of Friday Night Smackdown, we saw the implosion of the bloodline. And my question for you, Cam. Do you feel like Jimmy should be the one to take the title away from Roman Reigns and bring his record-breaking title run to an end? I saw it all over Instagram. I saw so many people post that. I would say yes. I feel it should be Jimmy. But before they had that match, it should be a tag team match. Like, Jimmy Uso and Jay Uso versus Roman Reigns and Sosakoa. If Jimmy and Jay Uso win, they Jimmy the opportunity to go get the breaks. And I feel like Jimmy should end the reign. Like, and then Sosakoa realizes, wait a minute. Jimmy actually, Jimmy actually cares, and Roman Reigns betrays Coca-Cola and so Cola joined the Usos, and then Roman Reigns, maybe Roman Reigns versus basically the whole Usos. 
like all the, the Jimmy, Jay, and such a cult. I feel like that Jimmy should just brown Roman and Jay probably and Jay should basically actually help Jimmy and such a cult and get this sense and realize, wait a minute, I took the wrong side. My brother said my cousin because Jimmy tries to play the solo that we're gonna care about. And he really don't care about nobody. He just care about winning championship. Kind of obvious. But so the call, you don't seem like that. Roman Reigns scared of Solo Cole because he knows Solo is really dangerous. And his nickname was the problem for a reason before he joined every, uh, before he joined WWE. But now, if Roman Reigns Solo Cole fought, I would say Solo went because Solo is, is different. Like he was talking about NXT, he really, really, he really fight hard, like, hardcore. And I feel like Jimmy. So basically, with the film rolling, because I'm tired of Roman Reigns, my champion. To end, it's annoying. I want a new champion, and that's it. You know, I like your booking there. I, we got time to do this. We could literally have this tag match at Money in the Bank and have, like, the Usos win that so we can have the title match at SummerSlam. And I want to see that Roman Reigns versus Solo Sokola match because I know that's going to be a barn burner. That's going to be just two horses fighting. Yeah, it need to happen. I don't know when, but... And it probably need to happen. Uh, I feel like Warren Reigns will probably be his own soon later when everybody turn on him and like leave him. I think we're getting, I think we're getting to that point, and I feel like there might be a time during the fall where Roman takes some time off. And I feel like leaving the titles within the family is kind of cool, and having the Usos and Solo send him off to this like break from TV would be the way Roman would want things to go. Well, I feel Roman Reigns probably, if he lose the championship, he probably took a break. It was maybe a break because like, he realized first he, he created a faction, then a faction break, and then the faction started breaking up. And then well, somebody from his faction beat him. So, of course, he will take a break. He felt disappointed. He really felt really sad that he lost to the Usos as his, as his brother. And the Usos are one of the best tactics ever. And the thing that made Usos attack, the thing that made Usos rethink about his decision is when, uh, Sammy said Kevin always tried to tell the Usos when they were using it. Because after Roman Reigns, so the call out to the Usos, they acknowledged Sammy said Kevin Owens and not a champion. And then when Kevin Owens and told them, oh, Roman Reigns, don't, you know, he basically don't care about you at all. That basically got him in, in, in mind. And that's why Jimmy snapped because he realized that he Roman don't care about him at all. And he's he tired. He got, it was tired to see Roman Reigns hurt his, his brother. So he, got, he got redemption on his brother. Exactly. I feel like everything's coming ahead for Roman. I feel like Roman's been like Julius Caesar. And we're getting to the point where all of his henchmen are going to turn on him. And it's kind of going to be one of the best storylines that WWE has done in a long while. I believe. Because they might, you know, basically, it's like evolution. They had, like, Triple H, Ric Flair, Randy Orton, and Batista. And when they broke up, it was really crazy. First it was Randy, and then Batista left, and then all that stuff. And then Triple H, Randy Orton, and then... And all this. It could be like it could be better than that. Yeah, well, you're right. It could be better than that. And that's a perfect analogy. The bloodline is like the best fashion since evolution. Evolution won the Arizona Championship. Yeah, Randy Orton, come back champion. You had Batista and Rick Flake come back champion. Yeah, you had Triple H, the world champion. I feel like that this probably the bloodline could be the kind of the next evolution the storyline. So like the first part they turned on was Ashley Randy Orton. So the first part they turned on was Ashley Jimmy Uso. And then so the Cole leave Roman Reigns to like the Uso bit left. But so Cole leave Roman Reigns. And then probably have a match like down the road like oh Roman Reigns versus Jimmy Uso. Roman versus Jay Uso. So he was just so the Cole and he kept losing the extra match. 
So, and maybe Rikishi may get involved. I don't know. He may get involved. Maybe. I hope so. Exactly. I feel like this storyline ending is going to leave everybody in a strong position because I feel like the Usos are going to be uber hot baby faces. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could either keep solo like this monster heel who just comes out and does his own thing, or he could be a baby face turning on Roman. And I feel like those three guys are going to just be thanking Roman for years to come because he's basically. Gave him main event status. Yep. I mean, I just, when do it happen? I'm saying it, it'll, be, it'll be a good match. A very good match. Like, for example, Shiba, it was Randy Orton. That was a great match. A great match. Shiba Batista. That was a great match. It probably the same thing. Same thing with Roman Reigns and the Usos. So that's what I feel will happen with Bloodline. Probably the next evolution. Hopefully. Well, let's move over to our sixth and final stunning question, Kim. And we can't not leave the sunny six questions without talking about the biggest story in wrestling. A lot of people think this is the biggest story in wrestling. As CM Punk has been confirmed to be on this June seventeenth episode of AEW Collision. Are you excited to see CM Punk? Me honest. I mean, it's like I don't like CM Punk when he wasn't doing me, but like actually during AEW, a bit chaos a lot. First, he got only got no fight with K, K and Mega and Young Buck. There are this stuff going on. I feel like he should just retire because you want to bad happen and all that stuff. Like I'm just saying, like they might have a triple A. They never like each other. And be honest, and AWCL, we like a family. No family have a whole fight and all that stuff that big like that. And I feel like CM Punk should retire. I, 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 I don't like the guy. He's a nice wrestler, but like he just had all these issues. That's it. Well, you know, Kim, I'm kind of right there with you because I enjoyed the first bit of CM Punk's run in AEW right up to All Out. And he had that set of injuries where he was away just for a little bit. And he came back. I thought he came back just a little bit too soon. And why, oh, why did Tony Khan allow him to have that pressure right beside him after that match. I really feel like Tony just let everything fall in control. Now, he hasn't, to me, Tony hasn't learned anything. He's going to let this thing come back together and he's going to try to keep them apart, but you can't keep these guys separate. Even if you have two shows, you just can't do it. Actually, I really agree. Tony Khan, you know how you man. Like, think about MJ, MJF. Everybody thought you go to the beach. He Leaving all that stuff. See the see a punk situation. And that was this man, he'll fight a person off the spot. But Tony Kai, he he knew some of this all that stuff. But he knew he, he this is his first time. But man, he did it for years and years. And technically kind of like Cody Rhodes, kind of like that guy help him out. Since Cody left, he means him by himself. Tony Khan kind of like probably in his twenties or something like that, or thir- young young twenties and young thirties. And man been doing like for years, like since nineteen something. Can do for years. Hey, I feel like it's only time to be a good, will be a little honor. He had to actually make sure the wrestlers are stable, get what they want, all that stuff, and actually be serious. But no team is serious, like nobody. That's why CM Punk did too seriously because he knows he's not gonna do anything about it. And nobody's scared of him. He'll look scary. Now, Kim, you are wiser than your years. I feel like you just basically made this absolutely clear. And honestly, I'm hoping for the best here for the CM Punk run. I just got a feeling it might be as short as the first one. And after this, I just hope he just retires. Yeah, you know, it's like he should retire at this point. Like, okay, he okay, yes, AW, their job is uh old Debbie wrestlers and make them back to how they want to be like live was it? They side like steak on that stuff and CF Punk. They're like big show. Our stuff and be honest, the state state got to do a good aid, but see a not really. After this thing, I I feel like he should have been start running WWE and only you have know, like a couple matches in WWE and state actually probably like a manager kind of or Darby Allen. I like how that going and I feel like he wants to keep CFO into like AW and let me like a manager or somebody. Oh, oh, like 
somebody like MJF maybe or something. Cause like Bi, that's a lot of money. Cause he leaves a lot. It's a lot of money for him. He didn't want that. You know, Kim, I feel like you're right there because they perfectly use Sting and less is more. I mean, like, we hardly ever see Sting wrestling in AEW and we, we do. It's always kind of good. It's always a little bit smoke and mirrors and it works for Sting. And now, hopefully, they do the same thing for CFX during the second try. We'll just have to wait and see. Cam, thank you so much for being on the 76 Questions with me. Once again, I'd like to thank Cam for coming on the show with me. And now it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly in the week that was professional wrestling. Okay, so you just listened to me and Cam talk about the implosion of the bloodline. One thing we didn't talk about during that 76 questions was the new undisputed Universal Championship that Triple H offered to Roman Reigns before everything hit the fan last night on Friday Night Smackdown. If you haven't seen this title yet, it's like a merger of the two titles, the Universal and the old WWE World Heavyweight title. Now, my biggest beef with this title is the center plate. The center plate is a goldish yellow color with a big WWE logo at the center with that big kind of like red swoosh going through that. It makes the New Japan TV title looks so much more amazing. It's like the belt creators for WWE looked at the New Japan design and went, oh hey, we can make a worse belt than that. And they did. Now what you didn't hear during my conversation with Cam was we both agreed that Seth Rollins has the best looking world title now in WWE because his new world wrestling weight title is a tribute to the old WCW Big Go belt and it looks a hundred times better than what Roman has now. So do me a favor, share your thoughts on this question with me at RailFreePW on Twitter, Instagram, or you can hit me up at RailFreeProWrestling.gmail.com and leave me your thoughts. Okay, let's talk about something good this week. If you watch AEW, you saw the main event where it was Soraya and Chris Jericho versus Britker and Adam Cole, baby. Now, this match was a lot better than the single match between Chris Jericho and Adam Cole from AEW or nothing. I was happy that Adam Cole got another victory, but the coolest spot of the match is seeing Britt Baker D&D get the lockjaw on Chris Jericho. Now, unfortunately, it wasn't an intergender match, so that couldn't be the finish to the match. It would have been so cool if it was. So we had to go on for a little bit longer. Adam Cole nails another boom to the back of the head of Jericho and he gets the pin there after Cheetah chase off the rest of the outcasts. So we still see that continuing storyline for Britt Baker and Cheetah be battling the outcasts over the summer. What a novel concept, AEW. Continuing storylines, building new storylines after your major show. Normally you usually do that, but this leads into my ugly this week. As we are coming out of AEW Double or Nothing, that was a polarizing pay-per-view. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch that and let us know what you think. If you listen to our review show, I basically told you that I thought the show was only about half good. I wish I could have got like 10 bucks back from that pay-per-view. So coming into this past Wednesday's episode of AEW Dynamite, I was expecting we're going to get some fallout from Double or Nothing. We might see Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, Sandy Bar actually kind of upset that they didn't win the title. And yet again, MJF found some sneaky way to keep the title. But, but we didn't get much of that. 
honestly, until we got to the point where we had the main event of Chris Jericho, Soraya versus Adam Cole and Dr. Britt Baker DMD, I thought this was a kind of filler episode of AEW as we're working our way towards their debut of Collision and they got so much on their plate because they also have Forbidden Doors coming this later this month as another pay-per-view. So that has been my good, the bad, and the ugly in this week of Professor Wrestling. Before I go, do me a favor. If you're looking for some wrestling to watch on a sunny afternoon, around noon Eastern, go over to YouTube, type in German Wrestling Federation. They're having their Rising Heat pay-per-view. It's free to watch on YouTube. And friend of the show, Mita Smith, is in a mixed tag team match. I've been watching the German Wrestling Federation for a couple of months now. I enjoy it. I love the energy of the crowd, even though I don't know much German or any German whatsoever. The ring announcer is freaking awesome. The wrestling is really, really good. It reminds me of a lot of progress. And so does the crowd's reaction. It's, if you love progress, you're probably going to love the German Wrestling Federation. Secondly, if you want to be like Kim and get onto Radio Free Professional Wrestling for the Sunny Six Questions, go over to our Twitter page, Instagram page at Radio Free PW. Leave me a message, drop into the DMs, or email me at Radio Free Pro Wrestling at gmail.com and I'll try to get you on the show as soon as possible. I enjoy interacting with all of you, and I want to do it more during the summer. So until I see you guys next week on Radio Free Pro Wrestling, as always, stay stunning. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.